Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and Security Boulevard. You're listening to another DevOps chat. I've got a really special chat lined up today. I'm joined by my friend Jeff Williams, C well founder. Jeff, is it CEO or CTO? I forget of Contrast Security. I'm a CTO. Who wants that CEO job? That's a terrible job. You know, you're the second person in two days to tell me that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went back to my natural CTO role. But anyway, Jeff, you know, Jeff, in, in a lot of ways, whether he's CEO, CTO, and he is CTO, is, is the guy behind contrast and a lot of the kind of groundbreaking and, and novel, innovative approach to uh, security and testing that contrast has pioneered. Jeff, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thanks, Alan. Good to talk to you again. All right. So, Jeff, look, if people want to find out about contrast security, I'm going to tell them to go to the web and check it out. We're going to talk a little bit about what contrast does, but I really wanted to frame it in, hey, let's let's educate the audience today a little bit. If, if you're DevOps folks out there who are interested in DevSecOps, we're going to talk about two interesting technologies that are related that I think you need to know about. And if you're a security folk out there looking to, you know, maybe in DevSecOps or move shift left into DevSecOps, these are must-haves for you. Primarily, we're talking about IAST, right? And and RASP. Jeff, give me the the uh, the uh, spelling of you know the the initials for RASP. Yeah, so RASP is uh, Runtime Application Self-Protection, that's R-A-S-P, right. and IAST is Interactive Application Security Testing, or IAST. Perfect. Jeff, why do people need to know about these things? Well, I think both application security testing and application self-protection are really important. And, uh, you know, people talk a lot about shifting left, that's kind of the IAST direction, but they should also be thinking about shifting right uh, into production with uh, application self-protection because most organizations have no idea what's going on in production. So anyway, let me back up. Uh, sure. 2002, people are starting to worry about application security. OWASP is just getting started. Uh, you know, we're, we're building the OWASP top 10 and, and WebGoat and stuff like that. And some new products come out. We've got uh, really three whole new classes of product come out, static analysis, dynamic analysis, and web application firewalls all came out about that same time. Yep. And that's what we've been living with. And they're all interesting, but they're all really kind of flawed. There's two major problems. First is they're inaccurate because they don't have the full picture, right? None of those tools has all of the information you need to identify vulnerabilities. Like static can only see the code. Dynamic can only see HTTP traffic. WAFs can only see HTTP traffic. We didn't even know about SCA tools or software composition analysis tools back then. Those are tools that analyze your open source libraries. But all those tools only see kind of one view of the problem. And so they all make mistakes. And when you have inaccuracies, you have to have experts to come in and clean it up. And I made a lot of money. I ran a consulting company that we, we ran those tools, we did pen tests and code reviews, and you have to have experts if you're gonna use that process. So uh, now, you know, zoom forward 15 years and uh, development has accelerated dramatically. People are using tons of libraries, they're building code much faster. We've got automated pipelines 
And those tools look like dinosaurs. They don't, they just don't fit. You can try to like, you know, quote, integrate static or dynamic scanning into your pipeline, but it's really square peg round hole. Those tools no. are slow. They're inaccurate. So you got to have people involved with tailoring them and tuning them and weeding out the false positives and, and all that. So it just doesn't fit very well. So that brings us to IAST and RASP. So uh, about five years ago, we launched Contrast. And our idea was if we could get inside the running application, just like a debugger, like a uh, APM tool, like New Relic or AppDynamics, like a profiler, if we could get inside the runtime like that, we could observe both vulnerabilities and attacks really easily and super accurately. And then we could do real-time decisions on whether things are vulnerable or whether things are being attacked. And so uh, we started these two new classes of product. This IAST is for finding vulnerabilities at runtime, so from within the running application. And then RASP is for identifying attacks and preventing them from exploiting your application, also from within the runtime. So there's a variety of products out there. Contrast is one, but there's other providers of IAST and RASP. Contrast's unique thing is that we do IAST and RASP and SCA all in a single platform. But uh, the, the big benefit of these classes of products, IAST and RASP, are that they're, they're more accurate and they're real-time. So they're much more compatible with the way people are building code. Absolutely. So... I, I think Jeff, you 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 started us off here, and I, you know, let, let's just recap. So on the first day, maybe, or the second day, or the third day, God God created um, dynamic, uh, static, and dynamic testing, and yeah. as well as web app firewalls. And for a long time, and and look, I'm, I'm going to put the time frames around these. It's got to be around what 2006, seven, maybe. There's, I mean, even earlier, like 2002 and three, the first tools started yeah. coming out. And that's yeah. all we've had all the way up till. But, you know, right. And that was the three or four years ago. Yeah. And, 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 you know, cracks start to appear. No one's here to throw dirt on them or to say that they don't serve purposes and so forth. But, you know, we, we continually try to hone our tools as well as our skills. And that that's why, you know, tools like IAST and RASP, you know, in, in that category now start to supplement. Would you say they supplement or replace dynamic and static? Uh, well, uh, the way we do it, they replace it. Uh, you know, different vendors do different approaches here. But uh, we do a little bit of static and a little bit of dynamic and a lot of IAS all from within a single agent that executes at runtime. So in a, in a way, what we've done is helped solve some of the deployment problems with static and dynamic and added this huge new capability of IAS to our agent. So uh, in that sense, I think, you know, you can replace your existing tools with, uh, you know, a unified product. On the RASP side, it's a little different. You know, there's a little bit different use cases for WAF and for RASP. So, you know, I like the idea of having a cloud WAF out there that's protecting everything with a kind of high-level uh, rule set. Not tailored, but just, you know, generic stuff to filter out a lot of the noise, maybe handle some of the DDoS attacks and 
SSL issues maybe. But if you really want to block attacks, then you need RASP. RASP is right there in the application and understands the context and can do a much better job of identifying what's a real attack and what's a probe and what's what's legit traffic. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Now, so Jeff, how do... So it, it, I, I got to assume it's the security folks who are implementing these tools, not, not, not the DevOps teams or the developers, or am I wrong? Well, I mean, there's different models, uh, you know, sort of more traditional organizations, uh, the security team leads the charge and probably buys the product and then uh, is in charge of facilitating it with development teams and operations teams. Um, but, you know, more modern development shops where you really do have development security and operations working together, they're really heading down that DevSecOps path. Uh, there, I think, is, uh, you know, a, an opportunity for the, the development teams to really kind of lead the way. And they're the ones that are getting the product. They're deploying. I mean, Ist and Rasp are easier to deploy than, than static and dynamic by a mile. It's just exactly the same way you deploy New Relic or AppDynamics. Uh, you know, you, you just add the agent to your application, restart, and it goes to work in the background, finding under vulnerabilities and blocking attacks. And, and so it's something that development teams can do for themselves. So in those kinds of organizations, we typically implement a uh, sort of a self-service model where dev teams uh, can come get it, can use it, can get the benefit, and really start committing clean code. So they, you know, they move security way left and then uh, they can also get that extra protection in production. Yeah, and, and, that, and that brings up something, Jeff, that I, I think is worth noting. And that is kind of the dynamics of the DevSecOps uh, practice that we see, yeah. you know, in enterprises and, and so forth that it really is, there's a handoff that takes place here, right? The security teams often, it, it may be their budget. It may be um, you need their approval. It may be that they're the selectors of the tools that, that, that these teams are going to use. But ultimately, I think the success of a good DevSecOps tools is, is really dependent on getting the DevOps team, the developers, the QA, the test people—you know, the test people and, and and the ops folks—on board with it and comfortable yeah. using the product. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, I spent many years being in the critical path, right? I, I doing the pen testing, doing the code reviews, and so on. And I realized, you know, it doesn't scale. It's never going to scale that way. We have to get the security folks off the critical path, and they need to take a uh, a role, not finding the bugs and you know dealing with the vulnerabilities themselves, but empowering development teams to do that for themselves. So they need to become coaches and toolsmiths more than you know the 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 person in the weeds that's finding the XSS and finding the SQL injection, and so on. Agreed. I mean, and. and you know, and there's a couple reasons for that, and let's let's hit those. Number one, I think it's just a sheer numbers problem. We just don't have enough yep. security people. 
to yeah the, the economics are totally broken you can't make it work no it, it's it's yeah it doesn't work uh but secondly i i think frankly security people tend to tend to become bottlenecks not just because there's too few of them but by their nature they they, they maybe try to hold on to things a little tighter a little tighter than you may want them to um, i think that's probably true it's really, yeah maybe i mean you know just saying hazard yeah just saying but um so let me ask you then what you know in the case of contrast how how you know when you when you're going into an organization is that pretty much the path it follows typically we have to work with the AppSec team for sure, but we also always bring in the development team representatives because we want to make sure they're bought in. You know, if the AppSec team buys it and the developers hate it, it's never going to work. And that's kind of the path that Static followed. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we've, we've built a tool that we designed for developers from the first day. We expect them to be able to use it without any support from anybody. They should be able to find and fix their own vulnerabilities. And we've we've uh, we've really put our money where our mouth is. There, we made a, a free version of Contrast anybody can use called our Community Edition. It's full powered, and you can use it on one application. So it's uh, you know you can go try IAST and RASP and, and SCA today uh, for free, forever. Great. I mean, and well. You might as well give the URL if we're going to do that. Where where can they where oh, sure. can they go try that for free, Jeff? Yeah, it's a uh, www.contrastsecurity.com/ce or for a community edition. Okay. Hey, I, I'd like to turn our conversation in another direction if I can, yeah, or sure. hit on a different topic. So you, you know, you and I have both been in security a really long time, and we. You know, there was a period, I would say, over the last seven, maybe more years, 10 years, where there were a lot of security people who said, hey, if it's not about app security, I don't want to, it, it's not relevant, right? That app security was yeah. kind of the final frontier in in, in security. Sure. Um, and it, look, there's no doubt. I mean, we live in an application-centric world, so of course application security is important. But one of the things I'm seeing, especially from the DevOps side and maybe from the you know, container journal with Kubernetes and all service meshes and all this kind of stuff, yeah. is, the, is the data is making a big comeback, right? Whether you want to call it data ops or you know somehow wrapped around AI ops with ML and all this stuff, but yeah. you know the importance of protecting the data is is again becoming maybe that was something that somehow we didn't focus on as part of app security, but we're, we're certainly seeing a renewed focus on it now. What do you think about that? Well, I think what I'd say is that security is always most interesting at the margin. Right, so when we were doing this big transformation from desktop apps over to the web, that was you know where that that really super interesting work happens. But you know, over time, things get commoditized, right? So you know, we don't worry too much about uh, 
hardening desktops anymore. That was a big service back in the, the early 2000s. You'd pay a lot of money to make sure all your machines are hardened. But you know, that's it's it's been commoditized somewhat. So whenever there's disruptive change in a, a particular area, that's when we see a lot of interesting security work has to happen. And so I think most recently that's you know kind of data and MLAI and uh, 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 you know, we see a lot of we still see a lot of people are still focused on uh, you know lift and shift cloud transformation kind of things. Um, you know, there's there's a growing recognition that libraries are uh, a, a real concern, and so you know, I'd say AppSec is is interesting because it's always the top layer, right? Like it keeps floating up the stack where the where the innovation is. So you know, we're not looking at people. Uh, worried about securing the deployment of their app server as much as we're worried about now people are uh, refactoring monoliths into APIs. And there's a bunch of interesting new security challenges to make sure your APIs are all secure. So I, I'd say that's kind of what's driving, uh, you know, where all the, the interesting security research is done in, uh, in our market. But it doesn't mean that those other things are unimportant. It means that they're just, you know, we've, we've got them pretty well figured out and under control. They're, pro, you know, well-developed products in that space. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait uh, a bunch of years for, a, for something else to disrupt it. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, wanted to bring up another kind of mega trend, if you will. I don't, know, I don't want to call it a mega trend, but, you know, it's really a gravity well that seems to be sucking so much technology and tools around, you know, orbiting around it, and that's Kubernetes. What what effect is the whole KubeCon, well, you know, Cloud Native is up your alley, but the whole, the whole Kubernetes kind of movement in terms of cloud infrastructure, how, how's that affecting what you guys are doing at Contrast? Well, it's interesting. It doesn't affect us directly. And I think of, you know, sort of infrastructure security as everything below the app layer. Uh, you know, all the all the platform that, that's required to run the, the code. And uh, I think Kubernetes is really interesting because it's, it's making that infrastructure really standard, really, uh, you know, software driven and uh, easier to manage and, and all that. But it doesn't really affect what we do because we're focused on that, uh, you know, from the, the app server and up, right. which it, it runs great in, in Kubernetes. It runs great in regular, you know, raw containers. It runs on metal. It runs in the cloud. It runs in elastic environments. Like we go wherever the app runs and it doesn't matter that much to us what happens underneath it. I th again, I think it's super interesting. And we are focused on making sure we're super easy to deploy in those environments. Like we want to make contrast sort of run with contrast, have a button that just says run with contrast in every environment, AWS, sure. Azure. Uh, we're doing a ton of work in Azure, Pivotal uh, containers and everything. So yeah, well, well, look, this, this week got a VMware right there. Clearly oh, yeah. DevOps and, and, and Kubernetes containers are the way to go. But I, I'm not talking about just pure running in, in a Kube environment. I'm talking about the data feed, if you will, or not the data feed, but in, in terms of managing my infrastructure, in terms of managing my app, I, 
getting that feed of info from contrast. Yeah. So that I don't have too many screens. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. One of the nice things about Kubernetes is all of these tools kind of are feeding their 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 data feed into it. So so you you are able to orchestrate and manage across you know a very scalable large distribution. Well, that's interesting. I mean, contrast is a really great sensor for you know in operations for who's attacking you what systems are being targeted what attack vectors are being used and most often i see people taking that information and either you know analyzing it right in contrast or else they feed it into their sim and they get uh, kind of application visibility there but i think you're right that there is an interesting role for feeding that into you know your kubernetes management and uh, if you see something's getting attacked or has been compromised, then, you, you know, you could respond much faster in that kind of environment. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So Jeff, you know, we're, we're coming into fall and, and we were talking beforehand about traveling, you know, around the world, kind of spreading the message. What do you, what do you see coming up as, as we head into, you know, the last quarter of the year, next year, um, on the horizon, in terms of either maybe either threats or a new innovation or you know with contrast or without sounds like i'm ordering your cat scan with contrast or without contrast right um yeah interested in in your thoughts there well i think the news cycle is going to be dominated a lot by election security we got a big election coming up in the states as you probably know so uh we're we're absolutely not prepared for that, I did some work on election systems over the years. I know some of the risks. It's uh, you know we're we've got old technology that wasn't really designed with the right threat in mind. So I think that's going to dominate the news cycle. Um, but in terms of you know new security technology, I think we'll see uh, a lot of consolidation. You know, there's just there's so many vendors out there that are doing the same thing. Uh, you know, there's I bet there's a, a dozen, two dozen uh, software composition analysis products out there. And, uh, you know, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I think, you know, we'll start to see some of that consolidation. Um, I'm interested in uh, serverless. I think that's going to be a really big area. Um, we, we've already seen a number of our customers that are, are investigating serverless some of them are you know they're building out uh, apps on serverless so it, it's going to be really interesting and big and i think that's going to be a an area for security to really expand into as that technology grows yeah no we're definitely seeing that here a, a ton um yeah. interesting stuff uh jeff we're, we're we're well we're past time to tell you the truth but i had a feeling this woman was <laughs> going to go past time we always our conversations always seem to meander around. Um, hey, man, continued success with contrast. As I as I told you off, Mike, we you know I run in people talking about contrast all the time. Um, in, in, though there are players in 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 uh, IAST and DAS, it's, uh, RASP. RASP. You guys, it, it's kind of your your category. So congratulations on that. Keep up the great work, and we'll check in with you soon. Well, thanks, Alan. Great to talk to you as always, and uh, always I'll see you out there.
Yeah, we'll see on on the circuit, as they say. Hey, right. Jeff Williams, CTO, Contrast Security, here on DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.